Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. has been in ministry, but they moved to Cleveland in January of 2020, a great time, a perfect time to, they wanted to plant a relational church to help people who are far from God connect in community and get to know our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, of course, things got a little bit, um, not exactly going according to plan. And so, but they've been worshiping here at Garfield. We're excited. Uh, Last week, if you were here, Leilani was part of our worship team. She's also a worship leader, and we're just excited for them and their three kids. And Caleb likes to play Legos with them, which I don't have the ability to build Legos, so hats off. I've been learning since I was three. Okay. (laughs) Um, And he likes coffee, which is a plus. I like coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee. I love you. We got to go get coffee. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, enough of me. Welcome to Caleb, and I can't wait for you to hear his message. It is such a joy to be here worshiping with you this morning. Um, If you are here in the building or you're watching online, welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. Um, Really, this has kind of become a little bit like our home. Uh, We're new here. Uh, My wife and I, uh, as Pastor Terry said, we've moved here actually to start a church. And, um, you know, obviously there were different events that took place in 2020 that we're still experiencing the effects of. And um, my wife and I have just really been grateful to uh, be able to come and join this community of faith here and uh, to worship with you, to break bread with you. And some of you we've begun to get to know. Um, And I'm just very, very, very honored and grateful that Pastor Chip and Pastor Terry extended an invitation for me to um, speak with you today and just share a little bit from my heart and from the Word of God. Um, I hope and pray that there's something that you can take from this today that will help you in your daily lives. Um, I've been on this journey, Um, what I'm going to share with you today. Uh, We've been going through a series called Wisecracks, uh, which has been great to me to uh, explore wisdom literature in the Bible. Um, I have found in many times in my life when I've been 
in valleys and in difficult seasons that the wisdom that the Bible holds has been something for me to lean on. And uh, our key verse that we've been looking at is Proverbs 4, 7 that says, Get wisdom, though it cost all you have, get understanding. And as I was preparing uh, this message to, to share with you all today, um, I was just reading through different uh, wisdom literature, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, and, and reading some in the Psalms, and this word just kept jumping out to me, path. And um, as you read in these different verses uh, where God talks about he wants to lead us on the path, and, and you really kind of look at Scripture and, and the Word of God as a whole, we see that really what God is telling us is our life is a journey. And I felt like God kind of illuminated some uh, wisdom for the journey, and so my message today is wisdom for the journey, and, uh, and, and that's what I want to share with you. And so um, I think, you know, probably most of us have experienced what it's like to go on, on a road trip. Am I right? Um, I love road trips. I've been on a lot of road trips in my lifetime. And uh, one of the f fun things about that is going places I've never been before. Seeing sights, hearing sounds, uh, seeing the way that people do life, and, and just enjoying the world that God created. And uh, when I began driving, uh, I know I look young, but it's been a while, while back. I, I'm 33, so I am still young. But it's been a long time. It's almost been 20 years since I started driving when I, when I think about it. Um, but I used to drive around with something called an atlas. And... <laughs> I know, that, that, that probably makes me sound older than I am because we did have GPS back then, but I didn't have a Garmin. But there's this amazing uh, tool that's available to us today called Google Maps, and it's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. I, I love it because all I have to do is I open it up, I put in the destination of where I want to go, I put in my current location, and then magically, <laughs> voila, it gives me a few routes to choose from. And I can choose the way I want to go to get there. And uh, the awesome thing is I just follow step-by-step -step directions. It tells me where to turn. It tells me how far I have left to go. Gives me an estimated time of arrival. And uh, it's just really, really handy for me. I've really enjoyed that. Even though I, I feel like I'm a really good navigator anyways, it's just become a really convenient tool to use. Now, similarly to the way that we plan our road trips, I think with our lives and with the journey of life that we are on, we like to put plans together for our lives. We have plans for our health. We have plans for our education. We have plans for growing our family. Um, my wife and I, we have three beautiful little children, um, and for the most part, we've planned those. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we're really, really uh, grateful for, for those beautiful kids that that give us the runaround sometimes. Um, but you know, we plan for things like our retirement. I, I won't be retiring for 30 more years, but we're already planning for it. You know, we, we have these amazing, incredible plans that we put together, business plans and proposals, amazing, uh, incredible things that we do. Well, I think sometimes we can get in a place where we put way too much trust in the plans that we have put together and one of the pitfalls of that is when a plan doesn't work out the way that we planned. Uh, what do we do? I think we end up in a situation where we feel turmoil and stress and anxiety because suddenly 
we don't have a roadmap for where we are and what we're navigating at this present moment. And um, I think that's an incredible weight that we put on, on ourselves to expect that we would be able to plan for a future that we've never experienced before, for a tomorrow that we have yet to live. Um, many years ago, uh, I was with a young group when, when I was about 20 years old, and uh, we would travel around the country to different places. We would go to churches and different communities, and we would do different ministry projects. Well, we had an opportunity to go out to New Mexico, and, and we went to uh, Rio Doso, New Mexico. Now, in my mind, before going there, my assumption was that New Mexico was just flat desert land. And, and there's some of that there, but there's these amazing, incredible, beautiful mountains that just shoot sky high out there. And when you drive up on them, it's incredible. But we, we actually got the opportunity to stay in the mountains in Rio Doso, New Mexico uh, for a couple of days. And while we were there, we, uh, we decided that we were going to go for a little hike in the mountains and just enjoy the beautiful creation that God had made. And so we put our little plan together. Um, we thought that this was a trip that would take about two hours or, or two, two or three hours, a couple hours. So we go out and we hike, and it was a wonderful time. It, it was difficult because um, many of us had never scaled up and kind of hiked through uh, up the side of a mountain like that before. Uh, and so it can be very challenging, some different terrain and stuff, but it was beautiful. And the view that we got when we got up there, being able to look over the mountains and the valleys and the trees and the rivers and just the beautiful creation that God has given us. And we took it all in. And uh, when we finished, we began to come back down the mountain. Well, unfortunately, there was a, something we didn't plan on. <laughs> we didn't know that this trip would actually take us six hours. Uh, that was not part of our plan. It's not what we anticipated. And so as we descended back down the mountain, the sun set, and we found ourselves in complete darkness. Um, we could barely see the step that we had in front of us to take, and we had to lean on each other. We had to rely on each other. We were holding hands, holding shoulders, taking little steps like this, little, little steps at a time, and having to communicate every single one of those. Hey, there's a rock here. Hey, we're about to step into some water. There's, there's a bush here. And we were having to communicate with each other and navigate in the dark, in a place that we've never been before. There, there was a path, but we couldn't see it. And so it was very easy to get lost. I mean, who knows? We could have we just completely lost our way out there. Well, fortunately for us, a, a couple of people from our group had gone back, and uh, when we didn't arrive back on time, they had gone back early, uh, they sent somebody after us, and uh, a guide came out, he was able to locate us, and he showed us the way back. And, and I'm so grateful that we were not lost out in the woods all night. Um, I'm sure we could have survived one night, but I would not have enjoyed doing that. Um, but that was a completely unexpected circumstance and situation that we were in, something we were completely unprepared for, because we really only brought, like, a little bit of snacks and food and water to just do a couple-hour hike. So why is it that our plans don't work out? You know, I think we've all really experienced that because, again, in— January uh, 2020, we moved here, and we had plans, 
My wife and I had like really clear plans. And March 2020 rolled around and those plans did not work anymore. And I think all of us were affected by the events that, that unfolded. But I think what happens is when we put our plans together, we only think about the good things. We only factor in the stuff that we know to anticipate. We don't know about the unexpected things. We don't like to think about setbacks. We don't like to consider detours. I, I mean, I get frustrated just by having to like go around the block because they're doing some road construction in town, right? <laughs> you know, we, we don't like detours in life. We just want to get from point A to point B and everything work out the way it's supposed to. Well, I think when we look into the Bible, we begin to see God illuminate wisdom for the journey that we're on, for these moments and these seasons of unexpected circumstances. Proverbs 3, we read, it tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart, not to depend on our own understanding, and seek his will in all we do. Um, when we were living in Tulsa just a few years ago, uh, we were on staff at Transformation Church, uh, I kind of had an idea in my mind, a plan of what I thought the next few years would look like. And as I began to see that my plan wasn't working out, um, I honestly, just to be transparent with you, I, I really began to become uh, anxious and stressed and uh, frustrated with the state of um, life and where we were at in that season. Um, and, and it was something I just didn't know how to navigate. I, I, I felt like I was kind of lost. I was off track. I, I thought, you know, where did this go wrong? And so fortunately, I had a trusted mentor and elder at the church and a friend that I went to. And I, I just shared with him about what I was experiencing and how I was feeling and uh, the anxiety I was, I was having. And he just said with me with so much wisdom, he said, Caleb, you trust your plans more than you trust God. And I know in my head, I know that I'm supposed to be trusting God. I think some of you today, maybe you feel the same way. You know in your heart, we've been reading the Bible. We've been hearing messages. I, I've been in church my whole life. I know to trust God. But I found myself in a pattern of making my own plans and trusting in them more than I was trusting God. And I wonder— what do we do <laughs> when, when that doesn't work out? And, you know, I, so I just began to kind of examine my own heart. What was the reason? What was the motivation for me not trusting God as much as I should have been? And I think some of you might be able to relate to this. I think we like control. We like certainty. You know, we like to know that everything we need is provided for, that we know what the next year has in store for us, that we could take care of our families, that we have the clothes we need and a roof over our head. You know, we like to know that we have friends that we can depend on. Um, and all of these things, we want to know that we have the finances, you know, to just make it in life at least. And I think that we put these plans together to form control and security and certainty in our lives. But I think where we go wrong in that process is that we replace God. You know, the amazing thing is God created us in his imago Dei. We bear the image of God. And so what comes along with that is we have characteristics like God. And, and one of those things is God plans. He has plans. He has plans since the beginning of time that he's carrying out. 
And he wants us to make plans, but he doesn't want us to make plans that are independent of him. And when we take the gift and the image of God that he's given us, and we use it to replace his lordship in our lives, we find ourselves in error. We find ourselves missing the mark. We find ourselves off track. And so I think when I look at scripture and I begin to read verses like Proverbs 3, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, it becomes really clear to me that the, the first point I want to make, it becomes really clear that we are to submit our plans to God. It's great that we make plans. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to take those plans and then give them to God. And the Bible tells us that many are the plans of man, but God's purpose will prevail. So go for it. Make those plans. You know, pursue everything you can in life, but submit it to God. And I think that's really key because as we continue to follow God in this journey of life, you know, none of us knows what tomorrow holds. And I love in James that he addresses this specifically. He talks about how our life is a vapor in the wind and how foolish it is that we put these plans together for the, for the next year of our lives, for, for example, and we don't even know what tomorrow holds. But what's awesome is that there's verses like Psalms chapter 37, um, verse 23 through 24, that tells us the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. God wants to guide you. He wants to provide you with step-by-step directions. Just like I look at Google Maps, and I love that it tells me exactly where to turn and what to anticipate next, God wants to be your guide. You know, the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. He doesn't just want us to have these perfect plans that map out all of our lives and the entire next year, five years, 10 years, 30 years. He wants us to depend on him in this moment, this step that I'm taking. He wants us to lean into him because he cares. And I I love that that the Bible goes a a step further and it, it tells us not only does he want to guide us, he delights in the details of our lives. Those things that we care about, he cares about too. Those little things that are maybe insignificant in life, they're significant to God because you're significant to God. He cares about you having clothes to wear. He cares about you having air to breathe. He cares about what life's going to look, look like for you as you expand your family and have new children. He cares about your life when you retire. Every little detail of our lives, God delights in those moments. I find I, get, I just get stressed sometimes in the little details, in the little minutiae, trying to work out everything. That's something that stresses me. But for God, he finds joy in doing that for us. And so we see passages of scripture like Psalms 23, where it tells us that the Lord is our shepherd and we want for nothing. And he wants to guide and lead us. So point number two, is seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. Jesus promised us his Holy Spirit because he knew that he was going to go to heaven. He was going to sit at the right hand of the throne, uh, at the right hand of the Father on the throne. And so he promised us his Holy Spirit. 
Because can you imagine what it would be like if every person on the planet was trying to get to Jesus at the same time and he was just in body form? I can't, I, I sometimes feel like I can't find the strength to meet the needs of my own family. Can you imagine in human form trying to meet the needs of humanity? And I think many of us sometimes bear that weight. We see the problems, we see the struggles, we see the hurts and the pains that people are going through and we try to bear that weight, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can come and indwell and live inside of us. And he's with us in every moment. And so we have a comforter and a guide that we can lean on. And so as we see that this journey is not something we are meant to experience alone, there's another dynamic to that that God wants us to share the journey with each other. You and me, and me with you. That we're not meant to live this life alone. You know, when Jesus stepped through the veil of time, and he became flesh, he came with a mission of reconciliation. And we have an image as believers of the cross, the cross that Jesus gave his life on, and it has two beams on it, one that, it, that ascends vertically, that represents our reconciliation and, our, and, and the way that God made us right before God so we can have relationship with him. But there's a beam that extends vertic- uh, horizontally that God stretched out his arms upon. And it represents how God widened the circle and made room for everyone and every people of the earth to become one family with each other. We're not meant to live this life alone. We're not meant to live faith alone. Yes, we make a personal decision to receive the grace of God and the grace that Jesus extends to us and to follow him. But this life of faith, this life of faith is one that's communal. I've been reminding myself of that over and over again the last few years. Faith is communal. Because any time that I begin to live faith my way for myself, it never, it never works out so well. I find it to be difficult, to be strenuous, to be, to lack joy. And when I join with other believers and other people who look like me, who look different than me, who worship like me, who worship different than me, I find that that picture of reconciliation becomes complete. And I got the opportunity before this to be a part of the heritage service. It's a very different type of worship experience from here. If you haven't participated in that, I believe you should. I find so much value, so much joy in seeing the different ways that people express their faith. The way that one tradition, you know, worships God and follows him. And so, I believe when we look at the Word of God and we consider the work of reconciliation that God has done, people are His heartbeat. How, how then, if God would, Jesus would set aside everything, being divine, He would set aside being the God of the universe, and He would become like us to reach us, how much more is He inviting us to be a part of that reconciliation with people, with other people besides ourselves. And and I think it's just really easy sometimes for us to take the gospel, to take the message of, and the faith that we have, 
and, and just live it for ourselves and not consider what's happening in other people's lives. And I think with what we experienced with the pandemic the last couple years, it's, it's separated us even more. Um, and, and that was something we had no control over. But I think even uh, political things that have been going on and racial division and, and these different issues that we have and these struggles that we're facing in life, they can drive a wedge between us. But we're going to find that our faith is not as joyful if we are divided. And, and it's really been something that's weighed on my heart to see. I, I believe this church is united. I believe that you do care that when you look down the aisle, you love your brother and your sister in Christ that you see. So I'm not, not trying to be critical of anyone here. But we do know, we could see it. You, you can get on Facebook, you can get on Twitter. We could see the division that's happening in the church. And, and we know that the enemy would love nothing more than to see the church divided. But God, in his, in his fastness and his greatness and his beauty, he decided that he wanted to create a mosaic of faith, one that would take your life and my life and their life and join it together as one into an image that would represent his glory on earth. And our faith, it's not complete without each other. I need you, you need me, we need we. And so my third point today is share the journey with others. And as I close today, I want to tell you, it's not easy, that's not an easy thing to do. I realize that. There's a lot of work for us to do to find reconciliation with each other and to truly share our faith together. But the joys, the joys that we have in life, they're empty if we don't have anyone to celebrate with. The sorrows that we have in life, the dark night of the soul, it can be overwhelming when we don't have a shoulder to lean on. We need each other. But Jesus, Jesus is the one who has already gone before us, and he has already showed us the way to live. He went after those who were marginalized. He went after those who were oppressed. He went after those who were ostracized. When the religious, you know, majority said, those people don't belong, Jesus said, no, they're my image bearers. And so, we see when, when we talk about the three points that the, this is the way that we're to live, the three points, submit our plans to the Lord, seek the Holy Spirit for guidance, and share the journey with others. Jesus did all three of those things. Jesus submitted his plans to God the Father. We see him saying, not my will, but your will be done. He sought the Holy Spirit for guidance. He we see that the Bible tells us that Jesus was led by the Spirit. Both the Holy Spirit and Jesus are part of the Trinity. They're, they're equal parts of the Trinity. But Jesus didn't say, oh, you know, I'm divine. I don't need any help. No, he said, Holy Spirit, lead me. How much more should we do that? And then Jesus shared the journey with others. And we see that exemplified so much when he says, come, follow me. He extended the invitation to each and every one of us. So we see that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we strive to follow in his footsteps, we ask him to give us wisdom for the journey. God, thank you. Thank you for your infinite wisdom. 
thank you that you see the end from the beginning. That God, even though we are finite beings with limited knowledge, we have a divine God who intimately knows us and cares for us. Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me in the ways that I have trusted in myself and tried to replace you in my life through my plans. I ask you, God, to come in, give me guidance. God, I want to trust you at every step and every moment of my life. God, the burdens I've, of my life, I share them with you. And the joys of my life, I share them with you. And God, as much as I can, give me the grace and the peace and the willingness to join in that journey with others. In your name we pray.